You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. Father, we seek you today. Just join me, just posturing our hearts. Father, you are holy. You are above all. You've created all. You are in all. And all things are for you. We acknowledge right now that we are sinners. We have fallen short of your kingdom and your glory. And we need you, Jesus, to forgive us and cleanse us. And we thank you that you've already done that once and for all on the cross of Calvary. And we receive that cleansing today. Father, I'm hungry to see you move in your people. I'm tired of going week to week playing church in my own life. I want to see you move, God. I want to see you bring real life change. God, I want to see you open the eyes of the blind. I want to see you work miracles for your glory. I want to see marriages restored. God, I want to see kids breaking these statistics of going to high school and actually changing their school for you, God. Going, leaving the home and becoming leaders in the church. But we need you, God. We're tired of living this life in our own strength, and our own agenda. It doesn't work. And now I just ask God, I give you, I give you the next 35 minutes. Say what you want to say. Do what you want to do. I pray that those who have been faithful and serving you for over 40, 50 years, God, would you encourage them today to keep on and finishing well. I pray for those who have been Christians for a while and they just feel like the flame in their heart has dimmed. Father, through your Holy Spirit, would you just fan a flame to that flame today? I pray for those who are new believers following you, God. I pray that they would sense your presence, that your Holy Spirit would have full access to their lives, immerse them, overwhelm them, And I pray for those who have not met you yet. I pray that they would understand the depth of your love and your grace. And you would draw them to your heart today. Teach us all 
speak to our hearts today. In the name of the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to share with you a story that I found. And it's to illustrate the enemy, Satan. There is a spiritual battle. First, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. And if you are a follower of Jesus and you have been set free from your sinful nature, you are in the kingdom of light. And the kingdom of darkness is raging and waging war against you. And we need to understand that our enemy just doesn't hate us. He absolutely hates the king of our lives, God. And when he attacks us, he's not attacking us specifically. He's attacking God's name. And so I want to share with you a very sober reminder of what is happening in the spiritual realm right now. Satan called a worldwide convention in his opening address to his throng of demons. He said this, we cannot keep the Christians from going to church. We can't keep them from worshiping God and reading their Bibles and going to Bible study and their real-life community groups. We can't even keep them from being good. But we can and must do something else. We can keep them from tapping into the power of prayer. Yeah. Demons, that is your goal. To keep them from the one thing that is the greatest threat to our world dominance. I commission you to make this your highest aim. Keep the church from praying. If they realize what they can accomplish through prayer, then we will lose this war. So let them go to church. Let them have their Christian lifestyles. But minimize this discipline of prayer. Steal their time. Steal their energy. Steal their hunger. So that they will not gather together to pray. At all costs, I want you to do this. Gather them, distract them from gathering together in gaining hold of prayer. The demons ask, how will we do this? And Satan says, keep them busy. Keep them busy with the non-essentials of life. Unleash an assault on the things that occupy their minds. Tempt them to spend, spend, spend 
and borrow, borrow, borrow. Convince them to work six to seven days a week, 10 to 12 hours a day so that they can afford their lifestyle. Keep them from spending time with their children as their families fragment. Soon their homes will offer no refuge and escape from the pressures of life. Overstimulate their minds. Cause them to be addicted to the frivolous things. Things that add little to no value to their walk with God. Entice them to watch YouTube. Prime, Netflix, Peacock, and listen to meaningless podcasts. Have them fixated with social media so that they spend precious time scanning, reading, and responding to posts. Keep them and their children enamored with video games. Also, keep them occupied with information and more information. Even in their recreation, let them be excessive. Have them make their family their highest of all priorities. Have them return from their holidays exhausted, disquieted, and disengaged. Make their personal happiness their supreme objective in life. Condemn them from their past mistakes so that they feel ineffective and unworthy to pray to God. Also, he said to his demons, my favorite, highlight all of their failures in prayer. You know, the things they prayed for that God never answered. Satan then added, let them be involved in all kinds of ministry activities. Without prayer, they have no power. Without prayer, they have no power. Crowd their lives with so many good causes. Soon they'll be working in their own strength, sacrificing their health and their family unity for a good cause. Above all things, Sacrifice, demons, whatever you need to in order to minimize their priority to pray. Every demon jumped up to their feet and held to their new assignment. It was quite a convention. And the demons eagerly sped to their assignments and did exactly as instructed. My question to you and to me is, is Satan's strategy working in your life? 
And is Satan's strategy working at Elevation Community Church? And that answer hangs in the balance only on one subject matter. Are God's people devoting their lives to prayer? One of the biggest enemy strategies that wasn't mentioned in this illustration is they want you to believe that you don't know how to pray. They want you to believe that you don't know what to say. They want you to believe that you are not worthy to pray. Those are lies, friends, from the pit of hell to keep you from one thing, living a life of power through prayer. If you could pull your Bibles out or your phone with your Bible app and turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. I know you can sense it and you can feel it. This is an intense message from the Lord to us. And the enemy is agitated right now. And so friends, push away every distraction. Push away everything that is getting in your way. Because again, the enemy is working overtime to keep you from unlocking this door of prayer in your life. Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to start with verse 12. You'll see later on in verse 18, it will be, the text will be in yellow. I want you to read that with me loud and strong. For we, that's you and me, we are not fighting against flesh and blood, physical enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the spiritual unseen world. Against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, because of that, put on every piece of God's armor. It's not talking about Christian church, uh, shirts. It's not talking about even carrying your Bible wherever you go. This is talking about spiritual, supernatural armor that is available to every single person who believes in Jesus Christ and has been transformed from death to life. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to, what's that word? Resist the enemy. That is our goal. We don't have a battle necessarily to fight because it's already won. But what we are called to do is to stand firm wearing the armor of God and resisting the evil one. 1 Peter 5 says, resist him and he will flee. Why? Because you are not operating in your own authority. You are operating with the authority of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in you. 
Okay? Feel it rising. Thank you, God. Therefore, put on every piece of armor. Thank you. Then, after, it's okay. Then, after the battle, you will still be standing firm. I don't know about you, but there's been battles in my life that I have fought over this last year that have left me not standing but weary and worn and exhausted because I fought it not through prayer but through my own energy and my own agendas trying to fix it and it doesn't work. And that's what the enemy wants. Only through prayer do we align ourselves with God, His Word, and His Holy Spirit. That way we're able to enter the battlefield of each day and not be beaten down. The enemy's already defeated. Is he defeating you? Is a defeated foe defeating you? Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth, the body armor of God's righteousness. By the way, a shameless plug. Parents, grandparents, in the summer, we are actually not going to do our normal VBS. Through Amanda's leadership, her passion, and our passion as a staff and leaders is for the family unit. We are doing three nights in June, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and we're calling them family fight nights. Yes, parents versus kids will be playing dodgeball. Yes, parents versus kids will be playing... They'll be softballs, okay? But then there's every night the family will fight an enemy together. And they will learn how to fight the spiritual fight together. It's all about the armor of God. So I believe it's June 7th, June 8th, and June 9th. We are going to have family fight nights here. It's going to be amazing for the families. But anyways, in addition, put the shoes Put them on, uh, uh, shoes of the gospel, the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith. What is faith? Hebrews 11 says faith is the confidence or the assurance of what we hope for and the evidence of things not seen. That's the shield. In addition to all these things, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Are the arrows piercing your spiritual flesh or is your faith taking care of the arrows? Next. Put on the salvation, not by works, but by grace as your helmet. Why the helmet? It will kill you if it hits you anywhere here. And because God loves you, he doesn't want you to die without him. And so he let his son die for you. Now you don't have to suffer eternity without God. And take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Let's say this together. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert. And be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. There's a slide going to be on with an orange circle. And you're going to see it. 
And we've been in the series of practicing the ways of Jesus in the practice of prayer. And there's four components that really aren't linear, but they're circular. And they're, they, they basically, the practice needs to get for every one of us to where it's just life on life with God. But that takes time. And so we practice the individual parts until it becomes more relational and more relationship and more intimate with God. And the more intimate with God we get, the more we're literally, as the Bible says, pray without ceasing. We're literally in the presence of God 24-7. And it's through talking to God, talking with God, listening to God, and being with God. The enemy is terrified of people who begin to walk this out. They tremble. And if they can keep you from starting to walk in intimacy with God, they keep you from being powerful. And they're able to move in your life, the demons. And the demons are able to move in your kids' lives. And the demons are able to live in your house and your car and everywhere because you give them permission. Because you are not taking authority through prayer with God. It's just the truth. And if you feel condemnation right now, that's not God. But if you feel conviction that things need to change, that's God. Guilt and shame is one of Satan's most used tools. Unity with God is Satan's worst nightmare. And when a child, yes, I'm talking about you. When a child of God, I'm talking about you. When a child of God, again, I'm talking about you. When a child of God begins to grow in understanding of the height, the depth, the width, in the length of the love of God, Ephesians 3. And when a child of God, that's you, begins to confidently live in intimacy with the Father, with the Son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and when they begin to live out of their identity in Jesus Christ and not the world, and they begin thinking and speaking His truth, into actual being when the child of God that's you which by the way Paul says is praying without ceasing that's when every demon in hell trembles and has to flee because they know that that person is a lethal force to their kingdom of darkness But what Satan does through this church and all church bodies is he gets them to live in their identity of the world. Christians don't understand that they are royal priests, that they are a daughter and a son of the Most High God, that they are ambassadors from the kingdom of heaven. They're aliens to the sinful world. They don't belong here. We forget, and so we become victims of fear. But a child of God who understands the Word says, God does not give the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. 
The devil runs at the sight of a child of God who's walking in their identity and speaking the word of God into existence. Where's your prayer life? I'm preaching to me as well. Listen to this quote I read. Prayer always, always, say always, always precedes the next great movement of God in our lives. Always. Asbury, prayer preceded it. North Georgia, people pray six times a week for an hour. Over a hundred people show up each time. Prayer is happening. You go through any revival in all of history and it started with people on their knees seeking God's face. Are you willing to count the cost if you want God to move in your family, in your marriage, in your kids, in your community, in your neighborhood, and here at Elevation Community Church? Because it will cost you. There is no great movement of God that has ever occurred that does not begin with the extraordinary prayer of God's people. That's why I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe probably with a bunch of thousands of preachers and Christian leaders here in America that the only hope for America is the church. It's the only hope. Guys, we are so far gone. And it's not about even the church necessarily shouting at the top of their lungs and kicking down the Capitol doors. It's kicking down the gates of hell through prayer. You want to change the election results? Pray. You want to change our schools? Pray. Yes, vote. Absolutely. But pray. Then vote with the leading of the Holy Spirit. A guy named Guy H. King says this, no one is a firmer believer in the power of prayer than the devil himself. Not that he practices it, but he suffers from it. You want the enemy to suffer? Get on your knees and start praying. This is why Satan fights prayer with every strategy and weapon and breath that he can develop. Because if he can keep you busy with other things, pursuing the things of this dream life, then he robs you and your family and your marriage from God's design in your life. And so I want you to turn to Luke 11, and you're probably going to be confused for a minute of why we're reading this passage. But I want to give you just a glimpse of Satan's strategy when it comes to your life and when it comes to the church. And Jesus teaches us a kingdom principle of what the enemy is doing behind closed doors and behind our physical eye. This is what is happening in our church. 
in all churches. This is what the kingdom is trying to do. Luke 11, starting with verse 21 and finishing with verse 22. For when a strong man is fully armed and guards his palace, his possessions are safe. Now I know some of you, including me, I don't think someone wants to enter my home when I am home. I have things hidden in places that will surprise them and they're not confetti poppers. Because it's my home. And I will guard it and protect it at all cost. I'm the strong man in our house. You don't mess with Lauren either. We don't call her the Laurinator for nothing. Until someone even stronger attacks and overpowers him and strips him of his weapons and carries his belongings. So let me break this down. Someone to enter your home is going to have to come in with more power and more arsenal than what you have to give. When they come in your house, they are not worried about your younger kids watching YouTube. They will bypass your kids and they will go to where the weapons are. They will go to where the strong person is because they will not be able to get the goods that they're looking for until they stop the strong man in your home. This is Jesus talking. Can we go to the next one? In Mark 3.27, he's talking about the same concept, the same principle. No one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his good unless he first binds the strong man. You military men and women understand this concept. And thank you, by the way, for serving and sacrificing for this country's freedom. It will never be in vain. No one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man and then he plunders his house. Check out this quote. When you dispose the threat, then you can exert your will against anything that opposes you. Once the strong man is tied up, the rest is easy. This is a key to the supernatural. The war that we are fighting that is not flesh and blood. The principle in neutralizing the strong man works in the battle against evil and good, between darkness and light, between Christians and Satan and his demons. The demons understand the strong man in a Christian's life and a Christian church. And their one goal is to bind up and silence the strong man so that the church or the Christian does not grow. Now I want to illustrate this. You don't have to say anything, so I'm just going to call you up, but I'm going to give you a sign to hold. Nathan, would you come on up here, buddy? 
Just come and stand right here. There's something called preaching. And every church has it. And preaching can be phenomenal. And it can be powerful. And it can be anointed. But preaching is not the strong man in a church. I'm going to let you hold that. It's not the strong man. He bypasses the pastor preaching. The enemy bypasses Pastor Phil Nelson to go after the strong man. Pastor Phil is not the strong man. Then we have a next one. Zach, would you come on up? Next one is worship. I'm not trying to offend. I'm not saying worship isn't important and worship's not powerful. Can you stand right over there, Zach? Anna, could you come on up, please? I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. He will bypass the worship leaders and the band because they're not the strong man. He doesn't like their music. Come on up. He doesn't like their music and he doesn't like what he's saying, but if he can keep them just singing songs and putting lyrics on the screen, he's good. Groups, thank you. Groups, real life communities. That's not the strong man. It's powerful, but he just wants people to just join in your house, talk about God things, say a little prayer and go home. Groups is not the strong man. Mark Riley, could you come up? Can you scoot over just to the right just a little bit? The next generation. Stand right here. It's powerful. But he bypasses E-Kids because that's not the strong man. There is one strong man in our church. Annette Salmons, will you come up? Anyone know what it is? prayer just stand up here you look great if he can stop the church from praying this doesn't matter this doesn't matter this doesn't matter and this doesn't matter it's all empty without the Spirit of God and without the kingdom of God if prayer is not established in your life and in the church. Is worship important? Yes, it's important. But without praying and without literally humbling yourself before God and walking in prayer, worship is just music. And the enemy wants to rob the church and rob your life by silencing worship. Silencing preaching and silencing groups and next generation by keeping you from not praying. That's how the enemy wins the fight for the church. Thank you guys. Really appreciate it. Can we just applaud them and thank them for coming up? Thank you. I know this makes sense, but the largest 18 inches is from the mind, the brain, to the heart. 
where is Satan robbing us as a church? And I believe it's from people not making prayer the number one priority. Can I just be honest? And, and pastors, I've heard pastors say this, and I, I believe it's true. If Wednesday night we created a worship concert or we created a potluck, we would get 80% of our church here on Wednesday nights. But when we call an hour of prayer, we get six people. Jesus said, my house will become a house of prayer. Do you think that the enemy knows that? And he comes against your priority of seeking God in prayer. Friends, the only way we're going to see God break through and bring real life change and explode this community. By the way, do you realize that the enemy is trying to keep Blanchester locked up? There are principalities in high places that have been set here in Blanchester to keep Blanchester from staying carnal. And every time this church or another church begins to pray, the enemy tries to snuff it out immediately. We cannot afford not to pray. Your kids' lives are at stake for eternity. Your marriage is at stake. Your soul for eternity is at stake. So you're saved. Yes, that's amazing. And you will get into heaven not because of what you've done, but because what Christ has done. But so many will get in with nothing to account for in their lives because they did not start practicing the discipline of prayer. And I'm not talking about religious activity. I'm talking about coming before God and laying down your life before Him. Seeking His face. Turning from your wicked ways and pressing in to please God. That's a life of prayer. An evangelist in the 1900s said this, we are too busy to pray. Do you have that quote? We are too busy to pray. And so we are too busy to have power. We have a great deal of activity, but we accomplish so little. Many services, but few conversions. Much machinery, but few results. If my people called by my name would serve on the greeting team. If my people who are called by my name would go to church three times a week. If my people called by my name would tithe 10% or even 20. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face in prayer and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear them from heaven and answer and heal their land. And so I want to reverse it. 
as a church here at ECC. I want to reverse it. Just as Jesus flipped the tables in the temple upside down and said, you have made my house, my father's house, a den of robbers. Not anymore. For my house, my father's house, will be a house of prayer. Friends, we have to flip it. We have to begin seeking the Lord in prayer. And we have not stopped our Wednesday nights for over two years now. And I don't plan to stop. And I don't care if two people are here. That's two people seeking the Lord together. If you can't be here on Wednesday, guess what? We're going to make another night available or another time available. And I'll get to that in just a minute. But I need to finish my message. John Mark Comer, who developed practicingtheway.org, practicing the ways of Jesus. He says this, ruthless elimination of hurry. We must slow down our lives in order to rearrange, or for many of us, rearrange our lives around God. The key is we've got to slow down. It's got to be addition by subtraction. There are things in your life that you are going to have to say no to so that you can get this priority in alignment. You get in alignment with God. This is what the devil fears. You begin to think, you begin to speak, and you begin to act through alignment with God. And it affects your horizontal and everything you do. You don't have alignment with God. You are a walking Jenga tower. And at any moment, a circumstance will come that you're not expecting and hits your life and you go toppling over. Oswald Chambers, one of my favorite men of God. He says this, prayer does not fit us for the greater works. Prayer is the greater work. It's not just a ministry in our church. It is the ministry of ECC. If you want to get connected and grow here at ECC, it's prayer. we got to flip the tables. Prayer is the battle. It's a matter of indifference where you are. Whichever way God engineers your circumstances, the duty of a Christian is to pray. Catherine Kuhlman had a healing ministry and it was an evangelist. And she said this, the greatest human attainment in all the world is a life to be so surrendered, to, not to hum, to Him, that the name of God Almighty will be glorified through that life. Now we got distracted with the hum. So the greatest human attainment in all the world is for your life to be so surrendered to Him that the name of God Almighty will be glorified, thank you, through that life. The greatest power that God has given to any individual is the power of prayer. Now I say this lovingly. The miracles and the manifestation of God is amazing. And I believe that that will happen here. And I believe that happens in movements of God when people are in alignment in prayer. 
But I don't see anywhere where God calls us to seek all the signs and the wonders. What he tells us to do is seek his face. When you seek his face, you get what's in his hand. You seek his hand and what he can give you, you only get that. What we want is him. If we have him, everything else works itself out. If you are humbled and you are devoted to a life of prayer, the Holy Spirit will move in you and through you in his perfect time, his will, and his purpose. But if you try to work in his perfect time, will, and purpose without living a life of prayer, you're going to miss it. We can't miss it. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly Impact Bible Study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.